Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast, the best podcast in the world. <clears throat> Just looking to make sure that it is recording tonight, and it is. That's good. Last night was a bloody nightmare. Um, oh, jeez, and what a chapter. Oh my god. Discussion prompts. Oh my god, what is wrong with these idiots? Discussion prompt two. Do you feel bad for Mildred? Discussion prompt three uh, was just a quote from the chapter. Philip says, does that mean you'll come? When he, After he's offered her to, you know, a free place to stay. Uh, and she says, oh yes, I'd do anything to get away from this. Um, do anything. I just, it just, to me, seemed that was the most telling line. Like, it was like a slip of the tongue. Like, what do you mean you'd do anything? This guy's throwing you a line here. He's giving you a free house to live in. It's not like he's some awful person, but then she must really not want to be with him if she's saying, I'd do anything to get away with this, get away from this. She should be saying, you know, oh, hell yeah, that sounds way better than my current situation. I think I'm going to risk sounding really harsh in today's episode because, um, you know, on discussion prompt two, do you feel bad for Mildred? I don't think Mildred feels bad for Mildred. I still think she's just manipulating Philip, you know? I think um, her saying, do you think I do this because I like it and turning on the waterworks, I just think she's saying what she thinks will get the most out of Philip. That's all she's ever done. I don't think she does feel badly about the profession that she's fallen into. It seems like she's now a prostitute or a sex worker. And I don't think, I don't think she's, I think she's probably enjoying the thrill of it, you know? Um, And sure, she might be a bit embarrassed in certain circles to admit that that's what she's doing, maybe. But I don't think that's what, that's what's happening here. I think she is just saying whatever will get her the most sympathy and the most free stuff out of Philip. Exactly the same way she turned on the waterworks in that armchair and confessed that she was in love with Philip's friend. Um, And then Philip eventually offered to give her the holiday and send her away for free on his dollar with her new boyfriend. And she somehow accepted that and it was almost like wow I don't think those tears were real I think she was just doing what she knew would get the most out of him in terms of literally in terms of money and um like possessions what's what am I trying to say physical possessions she's just trying to extract the most value out of him and the 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 way to seem to do that seems to um you uh it's it's a strategy used in nature called feigned helplessness feigned helplessness has helped many creatures survive it's part of the reason kittens are so cute because they seem so helpless and um we want to help them feigned helplessness if you google that um, or learned helplessness i think No, I think it is feigned helplessness is what I wanted. Uh, 
Oh, sorry, I'm just Googling it now. <laughs> Big, long silence. Anyway, I don't think she's as helpless as she makes out she is. I think she is in dire straits, no, no doubt about that. But I also think she's just playing Philip, even still. So I don't feel sorry for her, because I don't think she feels sorry for her. I think she's just getting what she can. And she'll keep doing the profession, you know? I think. Um... Was I, I was going to say something else. Oh yeah, that's going to make me seem harsh, but I'm kind of saying that from like, from experience in a way. Like that's just what I've seen happen with with people like Mildred. Um, they kind of do everything to make you feel like, oh no, they're they're really at, um, you know, the, 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 their lowest point. What can I do to bail them out? I feel so sorry for them. I need to get them out of. They're, they're self destructing over here, and actually. You know, she's not that helpless. She's not that useless. Um, that's what I think. That's what I really think. Now, I'm going to have a look at the comments and see how everyone else feels. And I wonder if anyone else feels the same way. Swims to the Mumphy, she said this. I am cautiously optimistic that Philip will not become Mildred's creature again based on these lines. When he looked at her, he knew he no longer loved her. He was glad he was free. He asked himself why he had been so besotted with passion for her. I don't want you to mistake me. I'm giving you a room which doesn't cost me anything and your food. You should do exactly the same as the woman I have in does, except for that I don't want anything from you at all. He could not bear the thought that she should touch him. I think he's got his head in the right place, um, but I also think his, you know, Mildred is his weakness, and I don't know. I don't know. Is he going to hold out or is he going to cave? Swim said the mother, she also says, Amber, you asked about epiphanies. I had an epiphany based on a catalyzing event when I realized my first marriage was not worth staying in. I had an epiphany also based on a catalyzing event when the guy I was with, mentioned a few posts back, was not worth any more of my time. I never felt the same way about those two gentlemen ever again. Um, there you go. Well, um... This book seems very relatable, doesn't it? That's all I'll say on that. Everyone seems to have a moment that they can relate to something in this novel. I do... Uh, do I feel sorry for Mildred? Says... Continues. Swims to the moment fishy. One definition of this term is to feel pity or sympathy for someone because they are in a bad situation. Yes, I do feel sorry, even though I recognise Mildred brought this all, all on herself. I actually would do the same as Philip. The woman is prostituting herself... And that is no life for her child. I also would not be able to walk away in this situation. Yeah, but I think she's got your hook, line, and sinker there. I really do. I think she's probably even using the pity that Philip feels for the child. You know, she's... And yeah, the child's the victim. Don't get me wrong. But I really think she's just got us in the palm of her hand. I think she's got Philip in the palm of her hand. I don't think she's too stressed about prostituting herself. That's what I really believe. Lady Rostover says, People, how can you like a guy who doesn't eat with his wife? <laughs> We're going back to Athelny by the looks of things. Because he thinks it's below him. I hate him. Um, I, yeah. No, I get you. I do get you. I I kind of hate him, but I kind of like him. Like he does, he, he does sort of say... He adheres to these old values, 
But then at the same time, he does seem to really love his family and his wife. Um, and they do seem to have, in a weird way, a wholesome household, even though they've subscribed to these old, antiquated values. It's a weird thing. I like and hate him at the same time. About this chapter, God, I am so done with Philip. The same cycle, always. Oh, and no, I don't feel bad for Mildred. I mean, she didn't owe Philip sex or anything because he was helping her. It was his stupid choice, but to take money and go away with the Harry guy and leave without a trace, that was a a new low, not to mention she brought all of this on herself first by getting together with that married man. I think we're sort of on the same page. Jan Brunt said, I agree, he is mostly terrible. Oh, this is a thony. We're jumping back and forth a bit here. He loves his wife because she's common and beneath him. Oh, yeah, there's a point. Maybe he only loves her because he's able to sort of put her in his pl- put put her in her place in quote unquote. Um, he couldn't handle a partner who would ask literally anything of him. She went from being a paid servant to being a free servant and going through twelve pregnancies as well. Yeah, well, actually, when you say it like that, you know. He does seem to love her, but maybe he loves her because he can control her so much. She seems happy enough. Some people are very fulfilled by family life. Raising nine children in a slum would make me positively miserable. I'm a Norwegian said, I like him because it's clear that he loves his family and because of his easygoing and inviting nature. His home life is idyllic in a way that Philip hasn't experienced so far, and it's very refreshing. Athelny is exactly the kind of person someone like Philip needs. The balance seems to work. The father is weird about women. I don't think not eating with women was ever much of a tradition, right? So he's not old-fashioned per se. His views about religion are strikingly modern, at least how he raises his kids as religious, just to imprint some morals. But in turn, the wife treats the husband as a toddler. Um, yeah, I don't... I mean, I can't think, was it ever a tradition to not for men not to eat with their wives? But then that's kind of what he said... Didn't he say that? That that the reason he does it is because it was a sort of outdated tradition that he was decided to sort of renew. Lady Rostova says, No, he's not old fashioned, he is a misogynistic he is misogynistic. As he said already, he sees women as someone to have sex with, produce children, take care of his him and his children. The only accomplishment he thinks his daughter could have is is the amount of her suitors. And yes, the wife treats that way because she is a victim of his way of thinking. Showing the family versus as happy and warm is a lie. The author is lying to us. I live in Iran, and what he thinks of women is the rule Islam gives women. So I've seen a lot of families with that dynamic, and there is nothing warm and fuzzy about it. But the media here desperately tries to convey that there is. So this chapter made me very angry and frustrated. Well, there you go. I mean, we're talking, a lot of us are uh, talking from countries without any kind, without anywhere near as oppressive things as sort of Islam for in terms of like the family unit and, and the, the rights of a woman within the family unit. So I can understand Lady Rostova why it would be so frustrating for you. Um, I'm, you know... I'm from Australia. We've got sort of British values here. Well, that's where they sort of started off from. And so it does seem to have a little bit more of like a wholesomeness to it. Not that I condone it in any way, but I can sort of see, you know, 
you watch a show like Downton Abbey or something like that and um, there is kind of roles for men and there is roles for women and in the sort of 20s they started to break out of that really strongly but um, prior to that the roles were quite um, fixed and the funny thing is that you know when they were trying to get this reform for women to have more rights and more freedom that people who were raised in it even the women were in quite often they were sort of unsure about the change they were perfectly happy with the defined roles um you know what i mean like that's i mean i wasn't there none of us were there i'm just basing this off shows that i've watched books that i've read stuff like that but there's always sort of the older generation who don't really want it to change. And, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. End of the day, I'm, I'm with you. I just sort of still see a kind of wholesomeness to their family unit. A kind of wholesomeness. Because, um, I mean, it is in England and not in... Iran, you know, and they're not Islamic, so I think, I don't know, not, I don't know enough about Islam to even finish my sentence, so <laughs> I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Um, and Tripper said this, I mostly feel sorry for the child. I do feel sorry for Mildred, mainly because it was a very difficult time for unwed mothers, and Mildred seems to have no one at all in the world. However, had she been a better person, she may not have been reduced to this. Yeah, I mean, look at who she chose and who she rejected. And not that she had to choose or reject any of them in particular, but, yeah, yeah, no. She she used people for their money. She tried to run away with a married man. You know, she's making these choices. Um, yes, it was, an un, it was a difficult time for an unwed mother back then or an unwed woman um but she made things more difficult she did not want to settle at all you know i don't think she would have been happy with any one person i think she would have jumped from here and there one question keeps coming to mind why didn't mildred try going back to philip before this based on what we have seen of the characters she's brazen enough to make the attempt what stopped her uh the text answers this apparently you might have written to me I didn't like to, not after what happened, and I didn't want you to know I was in difficulties. I shouldn't have been surprised if you'd just told me I'd only got what I deserved. Now, you know, I think this is more of just the manipulation. I think she's trying to make him feel like she is ashamed and she is distraught by her situation so that he's more inclined to help her, to give her money, to give her lodgings. You know, and so I think even that bit, if you think about it like that, you know, why she didn't, why didn't she reach out to him? Because she doesn't like him. That's why. And she's got no issue with what she's doing. But now that he's there and she's thinking, oh, here's a, here's a mark, you know, I can get some freebies out of this. He asks, why haven't you written me? And if you think, think about the, what, I'll read it again, what she answered and think about her manipulating him to try to make her, him feel like she was as distressed as possible. And this is the masterful answer that she says. I did not, I didn't like to. Oh, why haven't you written? 
I didn't like to, not after what happened, and I didn't want you to know I was in difficulties. I shouldn't have been surprised if you'd just told me I'd got what I deserved. You know. You know. I think she's a master manipulator. I think that's what's happening. More, uh, the author <laughs> described describing Mildred as vanishing into the great mass of London, or however he phrased it, made me certain that we would never see her again. It is kind of tragic, given how prippish and obsessed with appearances Mildred was. At least she took her kid back instead of leaving it at an orphanage or something. I'm finding it difficult to muster any sympathy, because, probably because of how she exploited Philip for everything he was worth for so long. I think Philip is handing, handling this exactly right, though. Help her, but keep her at arm's length. Um, no, you know what? I don't think so. I think he should kick her to the curb. because You know why? Because she needs to take responsibility, you know? I think she needs to take responsibility. What did she say? She couldn't get a job. She walked her legs off, you know? Oh, okay, so what? You just quit and just do this. I know she needs money. Sure. But, um, I don't know. It's silly. I think at some point, you know, maybe she made a couple of mistakes. Sure, Philip can be a good man and bail her out. But she's walked all over him so many times now that he he has no obligation to be responsible for her, for getting her out of trouble. She's never paid it back to him. She's never sort of paid it forward. She's never done anything but take from him. So... Uh, anyway, well, props to this book, though, you know, because this is the most heated, this is the most annoyed I've been <laughs> at a character, I think, since the start of the Hemingway list. This is the most sort of um, passionate I've felt against a character. So there you go. Well done to the author, I suppose. It is pretty impressive when I think of it like that. It's weird... When a book is so engaging and frustrating, um, to, to consider the question, like, do I like this book? Because I can really appreciate the art of it. And I would say, yes, I do. And I think it's quite uh, uh, interesting. It's interesting. But it's not pleasant, you know? It's not, it doesn't feel good to read it. So, um, you know what I mean? So, am I enjoying it is the question. Anyway, okay, let's read the next chapter. It's chapter 91. It goes like this. Next day, he got up early to make the room ready for Mildred. He told the woman who had looked after him that he would not want her anymore. Mildred came about six and Philip, who was watching from the window went down to let her in and help her to bring up the luggage. It consisted now of no more than three large parcels wrapped in brown paper, for she had been obliged to sell everything that was not absolutely needful. She wore the same black silk dress she had worn the night before, and though she had now no rouge on her cheeks, there was still about her eyes the black which remained after a perfunctory wash in the morning. It made her look very ill. She was a pathetic figure as she stepped out of the cab with the baby in her arms, she seemed a little shy, and they found nothing but commonplace things to say to one another. So you've got here all right? I've never lived in this part of London before. Philip showed her the room. It was that in which Cronshaw had died, 
Philip, though he thought it absurd, had never liked the idea of going back to it, and since Cronshaw's death, he had remained in the little room, sleeping on a fold-up bed, into which he had first moved in order to make his friend comfortable. The baby was sleeping placidly. "'You don't recognise her, I expect,' said Mildred. "'I have not seen her since we took her down to Brighton. "'Where shall I put her? She's so heavy I can't carry her very long.' "'I'm afraid I haven't got a cradle,' said Philip, with a nervous laugh. "'Oh, she'll sleep with me. She always does.' Mildred put the baby in an armchair and looked around the room. She recognised most of the things which she had known in his old diggings. Only one thing was new, a head and shoulders of Philip which Lawson had painted at the end of the preceding summer. It hung over the chimney-piece. Mildred looked at it critically. In some ways I like it, and in some ways I don't. I think you're better looking than that. Things are looking up, laughed Philip. You've never told me I was good looking before. I'm not one to worry myself about a man's looks. I don't like good-looking men. They're too conceited for me. Her eyes travelled round the room in an instinctive search for a looking-glass, but there was none. She put up her hand and patted her large fringe. What do the other people in the house say to my being here? She asked suddenly. Oh, there's only a man and his wife living here. He's out all day, and I never see her except on Saturday to pay my rent. They keep entirely to themselves. I've not spoken two words to either of them since I came. Mildred went into the bedroom to undo her things and put them away. Philip tried to read, but his spirits were too high. He leaned back in his chair, smoking a cigarette, and with smiling eyes looked at the sleeping child. He felt very happy. He was quite sure that he was not at all in love with Mildred. He was surprised that the old feeling had left him so completely. He discerned in himself a faint physical repulsion from her, and he thought that if he touched her, it would give him goose flesh. He could not understand himself. Presently, knocking at the door, she came in again. I say, you needn't knock, he said. You have... Have you made the tour of the mansion? It's the smallest kitchen I've ever seen. You'll find it large enough to cook our sumptuous repasts, he retorted lightly. I see there's nothing in. I'd better go out and get something. Yes, but I venture to remind you that we must be devilishly economical. What shall I get for supper? You better get what you think you can cook, laughed Philip. He gave her some money and she went out. She came in half an hour later and put her purchases on the table. She was out of breath from climbing the stairs. I say, you are anemic, said Philip. I'll have to dose you with Blord's pills. It took some time for, to find the shops. I bought some liver. That's tasty, isn't it? And you can't eat much of it, so it's more economical than butcher's meat. There was a gas stove in the kitchen and when she put, had put the liver on, Mildred came into the sitting room to lay the cloth. "'Why are you only laying one place?' asked Philip. "'Aren't you going to eat anything?' Mildred flushed. "'I thought you mightn't like me to have my meals with you.' "'Why on earth not?' "'Well, I'm only a servant, aren't I?' "'Don't be an ass. How can you be so silly?' He smiled, but he, but her humility gave him a curious twist in his heart. Poor thing. He remembered what she had been when first he knew her. He hesitated for an instant. Don't think I'm conferring any benefit on you, he said. It's simply a business arrangement. I'm giving you board and lodging in return for your work. You don't owe me anything, and there's nothing humiliating to you in it. She did not answer, but tears rolled heavily down her cheeks. Philip knew from his experience at the hospital that women of her class looked upon service as degrading. He could not help feeling a little impatient with her, but he blamed himself, for it was clear that she was tired and ill. 
He got up and helped her to lay another place at the table. The baby was awake now, and Mildred had prepared some Malin's food for it. The liver and bacon were ready, and they sat down. For economy's sake, Philip had given up drinking anything but water, but he had in the house a half a bottle of whiskey, and he thought a little would do Mildred good. He did his best to make the supper pass cheerfully, but Mildred was subdued and exhausted. When they had finished, she got up to put the baby to bed. "'I think you'll do well to turn in early yourself,' said Philip. "'You look absolutely done up.' "'I think I will, after I've washed up.' Philip lit his pipe and began to read. It was pleasant to hear somebody moving about in the next room. Philip... sorry. Sometimes his loneliness had oppressed him. Mildred came in to clear the table, and he heard the clatter of plates as she washed up. Philip smiled, as he thought how characteristic it was of her that she should do all that in a black silk dress. But he had work to do, and he brought his book up to the table. He was reading Osler's Medicine, which had recently taken the place in the student's favour of Taylor's work, for many years the textbook most in use. Presently Mildred came in, rolling down her sleeves. Philip gave her a casual glance, but did not move. The occasion was curious, and he felt a little nervous. He feared that Mildred might imagine he was going to make a nuisance of himself, and he did not quite know how, without brutality, to reassure her. By the way, I've got a lecture at nine, so I should want breakfast at quarter past eight. Can you manage that? Oh, yes. Why, when I was in Parliament Street, I used to catch the 8.12 from Herne Hill every morning. I hope you'll find the room comfortable. You'll be a different woman tomorrow after a long night in bed. I suppose you work till late? I generally work till about eleven or half past. I'll say good night then. Good night. The table was between them. He did not offer to shake hands with her. She shut the door quietly. He heard her moving about in the bedroom, and in a little while he heard the creaking of the bed as she got in. All right, there we go. Philip and Mildred in holy matrimony. Near enough. Living together. Very awkward situation between them. Have your say about it over at the subreddit. Thanks very much for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.